Welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a leading locally owned cleaning company in Calgary. They have a team of professional and insured sanitizing experts ready to tackle any commercial or residential cleaning job with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Thank you guys for tuning in today. If you want to get in touch with the show or me, uh, you can follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show, Couch Potato Diary at yahoo.com. Shout out to Waste of Talent for the music. Off time in boxing and MMA, so a fight in football Friday is fighting and wrestling today. We will start with uh, the NFL and then get into a bit of what's going on in the WWE at the back part of the program. So let's just get right into it. It is week 18 in the National Football League. Uh, so we have still quite a bit up for grabs um, in the NFL playoff race. Still a couple of games that don't mean a damn thing, but a couple of things that actually matter. So we'll run through all these games. We'll go through the scenarios and give you some picks for this one today. We will start on Saturday afternoon. Kansas City taking on Denver. The Chiefs, 10.5 point favorites. They have clinched the AFC West. They can still take the one seed with a win plus a Tennessee loss or tie, or if they tie and Tennessee loses. Um, All these scenarios that include ties is hilarious to me, but we've seen one this year, so... Who knows? It would love. I would love for there to be absolute chaos involving a tie, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, the Ra- or, uh, the Raiders. See, already think about that game. It could be a tie. Uh, Kansas City minus ten and a half is the way to go here. Denver has looked horrible with Drew Locke. They don't really have a whole lot to play for. Kansas City still very much has something to play for. I mean, we've seen Tennessee slip out on banana peel before, so I, I think we are going to see the best out of Tennessee. The the one thing that I have concern with. And it's the thing that I have concerns with all of these wide point spreads this week. If Kansas City's up by a couple later on in this game, I think you start to see some of the reserves get put in because odds odds are they're not getting a buy, right? So my concern would be from a point spread perspective is Kansas City's up nine in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden whoever the Kansas City backup is, Chad Henney came in a couple years ago. Is it Chad Henney? Um, whoever the Kansas City backup quarterback is, I wonder if we see him and like a whole lot of like Pringle and Hardman and those guys um, as the Kansas City Chiefs get ready for what they're hoping to be another long playoff run. The main event on Saturday is Dallas taking on Philadelphia. The Cowboys are favored by five points. They have the NFC East clinched. Philadelphia has clinched a playoff spot. I believe that there is still some moving and shaking that can go on in this one in terms of uh, where these two teams can finish. I think Dallas needs to hit the playoffs with a bit of momentum here. So I I could see the running back getting uh, a bit of a breather here. And for Philadelphia, I I don't know how many other guys are banged up, but I I think this could, I I think Philadelphia rests guys more than Dallas does. I think it's more important for Dallas to get a few things worked out after a disappointing loss to Arizona last week. Um, So I I think Dallas takes this one. I got Dallas minus five. On Sunday, Cincinnati taking on Cleveland. The Bengals are six-point underdogs as they have clinched the AFC North. They can still finish first in the AFC with a win, a Tennessee loss, a Kansas City loss, and a New England loss or a tie, or a Cincinnati win, a Tennessee loss, a Kansas City loss, and a Buffalo win. Um, So again, odds are they are not going to finish first uh, in the AFC. We already know that Joe Mixon is not going to be in this game, and we already know Joe Burrow is not going to be playing in this game. I don't know if that matters. I got Cincinnati plus six. This has been a a real 
disaster season for Cleveland. I shouldn't say disaster because they've had disaster seasons before. Five years ago, if you told team, uh, if you told Cleveland fans they were finishing seven and nine, that that there would be partying in the streets going on. But after last season, this is a, a very down year, and we have seen this team has struggled a few times. Case Keenum probably going to get the the start at quarterback, but. I, I think Cincinnati hangs around in this game. Cleveland hasn't been very good over the last little bit, regardless of Baker Mayfield's status. I think since he keeps this one close, I got Bengals plus six. Green Bay taking on Detroit. This is the tricky one. It is a four-point spread, and Green Bay has the bye next week. They have everything wrapped up. First in the, um, the first in the NFC, NFC North, all those things. They have all of it clinched. So nothing really to play for. However... We have seen NFL teams are very concerned about not taking too much time off. Like, a lot of NFL teams would much rather go with staying in the flow of things than taking two full weeks off. That being said, the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, has been dealing with a toe issue all season long. It seems like malpractice to me to let Aaron Rodgers play more than a series in this game given the fact that he is dealing with a toe problem, like already dealing with an injury, it feels like giving him a couple of weeks off of that foot would probably be the thing to do. And that's where it gets tricky because if he is the only one who sits out, we saw the tire fire that was Jordan Love a few weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers was dealing with the cooties, that this team really falls off with a bit of a switch at the quarterback position. So I just went with the under 44 and a half. I think this one gets, again, down in the mud a little bit. If Green Bay covers this one, I would not be shocked, but if, like, this is one you're going to know early. It could be 17-3 to Detroit in the second quarter, and Love's already thrown a couple of interceptions. Like One of those, he has more interceptions and completions things. It's, uh, so I, I would I would be concerned about going anywhere near this one, but I've committed to a pick per game, and I'm doing it here with uh, the under at 44 and a half. Indianapolis taking on Jacksonville. The scenario, the easiest for Indianapolis, all they have to do is win, and they are in the postseason. They are 16-point favorites. I'm going Jacksonville plus 16. This just... Carson Wentz doesn't feel like the blows-out teams type of quarterback. Now, Jonathan Taylor could have a monster game, but again, this is one where maybe if it's a couple of scores late, you have some guys sitting out. I understand they don't have the things as wrapped up as some other teams do, but A, I don't see Carson Wentz looking all that impactful in this game. And yeah, I just, something tells me Jacksonville's going to at least keep this one close in their last game of the season. Pittsburgh taking on Baltimore. Both teams need a lot of help if they're going to get into the playoffs. For Baltimore to clinch, they need to win, have the Chargers lose, have the Colts lose, and have Miami lose or tie. Pittsburgh needs to win and have Indianapolis lose, and have the Vegas Raider game not end in a tie. Which leads to the hilarious assumptions that, oh well, maybe both these teams will just play for the tie. As if either one gives a shit about the other. So, I, I think some of those stories this week have been a little bit hilarious. I'm going to go Baltimore minus 5.5. Last week kind of felt like Pittsburgh Super Bowl. And I get that they still have a chance to get in, but I, I just I feel like there is a bit of an emotional letdown. And also... I, I still don't think Pittsburgh's that good. And we've, we've seen Baltimore battle the last couple of weeks. Who knows who's coming back for the Ravens this week. But I, I think the Ravens, I think the Ravens do this thing. I think they cover 
minus five and a half. And then you look at like the, the big one that stands out in that is obviously Indianapolis against Jacksonville, but the Chargers could very easily lose to the Raiders on uh, Sunday night. And you have Miami playing New England. That could very easily be a loss for Miami, which by the way, would be a little frustrating or not frustrating, but it would be devastating to come so close to the over nine and a half or to the over nine that we have on this one for, our, no, it's over eight and a half we have on Miami. And uh, to, to fall just short would be pretty tough. We've already missed out on the New England um, win total. We're going to go through all the, the predictions on next Monday's show. Maybe that might be a next Wednesday show thing. Um, either way, you don't care. Moving on, Tennessee taking on Houston. The Titans favored by 10 points in this game. They have the AFC South clinched. All they need to do is win to get into the number one seed in the AFC. Obviously, if they lose, a number of things could still go their way and they might still get it. I think they cover this one. I, I think they cover minus 10. I just, th this is one where, A, it's 10. It's not the three possessions that, ja I guess technically 16 is two possessions, Jacksonville and Indianapolis, but it just feels like it's, a little bit easier to do even if you rest some guys in the second half. And Houston, I think, is one of the worst teams in the league. Washington taking on the Giants. This game means nothing to nobody. Got Washington um, at the 310 on the money line. I, I didn't want to mess around with any point spread or anything like that. I've already talked about this game too much. It should be the last game Joe Judge coaches uh, manages, but I, I don't think it's going to be. Carolina taking on Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers have the NFC South clinched. They cannot move up into that top spot. Obviously, they've got a lot of stuff going on right now uh, around Antonio Brown. Carolina playing for pride. I think they cover eight here. I, I think that we're going to see a lot of resting from Tampa Bay as they try to get right going into the, the playoffs as they're going to, they, they got the long road ahead of them as they are going into wildcard weekend. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of resting from Tampa Bay. I think Carolina covers plus eight. New England taking on Miami. Uh, the Dolphins are done. The Patriots have a playoff berth clinched. They can win the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss. Um, there's obviously ties involved as well. They clinched the one seed with a New England win, plus a Buffalo loss, plus a Kansas City loss, plus a Tennessee loss. So still some stuff on the line. I think they get the job done. I, I think they cover seven. I, I am so fascinated by what Tua looks like in this game. This feels like a make or break moment for Tua Tungabailoa for Miami. New Orleans taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Saints favored by four and a half points. Atlanta has nothing left to play for. The Saints get into the postseason with a win and a San Francisco loss. The fact that the New Orleans Saints are this close to a playoff spot with Drew Brees retiring, with Jameis Winston getting hurt, Michael Thomas didn't play a lick this season. The fact that there's still a win and a touch of help, there, there's only, we're not dealing with four plus signs in this thing. It is a win and someone else loses. And that someone else could very easily lose that game. I, I think that this is... Uh, a phenomenal coaching job from Sean Payton. And I, th this is the most impressed I've been with Sean Payton at any point in his career. Uh, it, it's interesting that there isn't the, oh, well, was there success Drew Brees or was it? Uh, uh, no, th th this was, that was definitely a combination. Um, but either way, back on point, New Orleans, I think kills Atlanta. I, I think they cover this one minus four and a half pretty easily. Jets taking on Buffalo. The Bills have a playoff berth clinched. They clinched the AFC East with a win and a New England loss. I got the Jets plus 16 and a half here. I love the way they battled last week against Tampa Bay. I think they do that again this week. Buffalo, 
needs a get right game. They're going Buffalo's going to win this game, but I think that the the Jets cover this one and keep it at least within a couple of scores. San Francisco taking on the Rams. Uh LA has clinched a playoff spot. They clinched the West with a win or an Arizona loss against Seattle. San Francisco clinches a playoff berth with a win or a New Orleans tie. I'm a little surprised this game isn't the Sunday nighter. It's cool that it's the Raiders, and that one's basically a playoff game, uh, but this one has some of that as well, with both teams having something on the line, and because of that, I think the Rams cover this one at minus four. I get San Francisco has had some success against LA in the last little bit, and Matthew Stafford has just not looked totally right. I have some concerns about this game, but I am going with... Um, I'm going to go with the Rams to, to cover this, but it, it is certainly not a comfortable one. This one's comfortable. Arizona taking on Seattle. They have clinched a playoff spot. They clinched the West with a win and a Rams loss to San Francisco. I think Arizona blows Seattle out of the water in this game. I, I'm surprised this isn't one of the bigger point spreads. Um, uh, at minus six and a half, might get a bit of a sprinkle from your boy. And in the main event of the evening, it is the Chargers taking on the Vegas Raiders. It is simple. The winning team clinches a playoff spot. The Chargers, the only way they get into the playoffs is if they win. The Raiders can get into the playoffs if they lose and the Colts lose and the Steelers lose. So it, it's, it is not completely out of the realm of possibility that the Raiders might already be in by the time this game starts. It is, the odds are that's not going to be the case. The odds are this is going to be a win and you are in game for one of these two teams, essentially a playoff game. The Raiders have done, I think, remarkably well to get back into this spot. And last week was a real, real win. I just think the Chargers are better. I, I just... In a one-game winner-takes-all, I will take Justin Herbert over Derek Carr. That's, and I, I will take Keenan Allen and Mike Williams over pretty pretty well everyone on the, the Raiders side of things. And Eckler and Jacobs is a bit more of a toss-up than I think people think. But I, I just, I don't see the Chargers losing this game. The way that they lose this game is Josh Jacobs has a career day, which could happen, by the way. That ended up costing the Chargers against the, the Broncos earlier this season where they just could not stop Gordon or Williams. If Josh Jacobs has a massive day, then maybe the Raiders do win this game. I went with just the money line at minus 160 instead of going with the three because I think this game will be close, but I do think the Chargers end up getting it done. But this is going to, it's going to be a fun um, night in the NFL. Going to be a, a fun day to just sit down. I, I love how everything is kind of staggered and everything like that, but I, uh, th this is going to be a really, really fun day and I hope you're all able to enjoy it as there hasn't been a ton to enjoy a, a whole lot over the last little bit. Let's get into the world of professional wrestling here before... Um, but before we head out today, uh, like I said, no, no real MMA or boxing, there are some fight announcements that came up, uh, in the MMA world, but we'll, we'll just stick with the wrestling for today. The WWE was some more cuts and said with a buddy earlier this year, or I guess it was late last year. Um, but if you don't know what to do with Keith Lee, that's a you problem, not a Keith Lee problem. And I would suggest the same thing for a William Regal. If, if you don't have room in your wrestling organization for, a William Regal, then that's a you problem, not a William Regal 
problem. Um, like he, he just, he has such, it, it is so clear from anyone that you've ever heard talk about him that he has such a clear knowledge of the game and such a, a clear knowledge of what works in this industry. And he had that knowledge back in the 1990s and he has it now in the 2000s. Um, in the, in the 2020s, like he, he has a good understanding of what works in professional wrestling and as an on-screen character, I think he can still be fantastic. I don't think he ever had the real wrestling run that he necessarily deserved. But again, that leads to some of the stuff that he has worked through in his personal life and what an asset that could be for a locker room if he can instruct his guy, instruct some of those guys that might be dealing with some things, hey, this is a couple of things that help me and just kind of guide them. So from a human being aspect and from a wrestling mindset, a phenomenal name just became... Uh, a free agent. The place that I, obviously the, it's going to be immediate. Everyone's going to assume AEW. I, I don't, if he ends up in AEW, then kudos to them. That, that That's fantastic. I, I, again, caution that every person who ever gets released just goes to AEW. Although Road Dog got released, so we might see a, a New Age Outlaws reunion uh, or VKM because they're not in uh, WWE. But I would love if William Regal went to whatever this Ring of Honor refresh is going to be. I think that would be Maybe it's financially, I don't know if that's the best fit for him, but I think for his ability to scout and his ability to um, kind of cultivate talent and for a Ring of Honor that's basically going to be starting from the ground up, I think him with Ring of Honor makes all the sense in the world. Um, that is unless my dream of 2022 comes true and um, Paul Levesque, Triple H, starts his own wrestling promotion and basically just picks up where he left off with a black and gold brand of, uh, of NXT with something new. Maybe he buys Ring of Honor, who knows? But I think that... William Regal with ROH would be the absolute perfect fit with what Ring of Honor is looking to do. Um, and again, if you didn't know, now you know that this is officially the death of the, the black and gold NXT. I saw some people upset that uh, Braun Breaker kicked through the old X um, on his way to the, the ring to set up for a, a title match with Tommaso Ciampa that he ends up winning. I, I didn't have a real problem with that. It fits the storyline perfectly of what they are doing with that. Um, a, a cool moment there. It's hilarious that they're not using the Steiner name, but tying him in with Rick Steiner still. Like, it just, why, 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 why? But the, the black and gold brand is officially dead, RIP. Uh, maybe we'll do a retrospective on it later on, but um, it's a new time. And... I get it is frustrating from a wrestling fan perspective. I really, really do. And I don't, I, I want to say for the record, what NXT 2.0 currently looks like is not uh, working at all. I don't think, um, it, it's not something that I enjoy watching on television. I don't think it's something that many people are enjoying from a ratings perspective, but this was the, the thing that I always said about NXT. It was never supposed to be a ratings thing. It turned into that because they got butthurt about AEW and put things on Wednesday. And that just kind of, it turned it, it turned NXT into something it was never meant to be. And I get it was great. And there were times where it was the best wrestling entity in the world at the time. But the main focus of NXT is now and forever was supposed to be get these guys ready for the main roster. And I do not blame NXT for these performers' failings on the main roster, but we were seeing with relative consistency that these guys and girls would go from NXT to the main roster and then have major struggles when they get there and it just, it wasn't clicking and there was a bit of a disconnect. I think we can all agree as wrestling fans 
that the problem that should have been fixed was maybe a bit more continuity and maybe even just a sense that anyone who was doing anything with the main roster watched a second of these characters in NXT before they got called up instead of having it be like Diamond Dallas Page, who's the people's champ in WCW and is a stalker in the, the World Wrestling Federation. That that always just felt weird to me, and it should have because it's, it's ridiculous. But the... Because the main roster stuff isn't going to change, you need to change the developmental. It can be extremely frustrating from a wrestling fan perspective, but from a business standpoint and from a Vince McMahon standpoint, I can actually see where it makes sense. Again, I think they are changing the wrong thing. I think that this is very much throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but I think from a standpoint of getting performers where the WWE and the higher-ups with the main roster want them to get to, NXT was actually kind of failing in that. From a putting on a probably better wrestling product on a week-in, week-out basis than Raw and SmackDown, NXT was thriving. But that was never what it was supposed to be. And it's this whole thing seems ridiculous. And again, I don't want to say anything other than the black and gold NXT was an amazing brand and the fact that they are changing it instead of the main roster is absolutely mind-boggling. But when you have an organization as stubborn as the WWE about changing its main roster stuff, something was going to change and it wasn't going to be the thing we all wanted it to be. And that's, it's frustrating, but I at least can see it from their perspective. That's going to do it for this week on Couch Potato Diary. Thank you all so, so much for joining us here in 2022. If you have any suggestions for the show, send them my way on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv. I know I say this every week, but I, I do want to do more on Twitch. Uh, so you can find me on there, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can also email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Other stuff coming out from me uh, we have part one of our Cold War series on We Had No Idea, a general history podcast. The Cold War, turns out, covers a lot. So just, you know, it needed two parts. I'm really happy with this uh, episode, really happy with the, the couple that we're going to put out over the next couple of weeks. So check that out. We Had No Idea. Wherever you find this podcast, you can find that one as well. Also, shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. If you sign up with Clearwater Cleaning Solutions to become a regular residential client or a commercial client, we offer a 10% discount on your first month. Shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and I will talk to you all next week, playoff time in the NFL. Have a good one, everyone.